0: what's up podcast fam i am super psyched for this episode with my good friend brian mcdonald from melon uh this is a great entrepreneurial journey story starting in college pivoting to something else going to creating melon finding they were the creators of the luxury headwear category and when you can create a category that's a big deal so i'm super psyched to uh introduce brian to you and and listen to his story what's up everybody so i am here with uh brian mcdonald melon the melon brand brian give me origin story a little bit about you and, and melon
1: Origin story. Um, first off, thanks for having me, dude. I've been following you for a minute, and I, I just – it's funny. I discovered you, be it, be it that you were our customer, and I <laughs> saw your name come through plenty of times and then started realizing what you did, who you were, what you were about, and I'm just pumped to be able to sit with you one-on-one now and have you as a as a friend. But uh, Likewise. To, yeah, so to take it back through, the origin story for Melon was um, I grew up uh, – and a really good family, um, great parents, very entrepreneurial dad. And uh, I'll give you guys kind of the short, long version of this. Um, So Pops owned a medical staffing company, multimillionaire at a really young age. And my childhood up to about 12 years old was travel, was plenty of time with dad, coaching every team, no financial stress in our household, and um, snowboarding trips to Mammoth, beach trips to Cabo. And at 12 years old, um, my dad's company um, caught a huge lawsuit, didn't have the adequate insurance in place, uh, well. and had to fold everything. So we went from mansions and and uh, vacationing all the time to near homeless. And wow. I remember the day going to my dad saying, hey, I need some money. I'm going to the movies. And he he looked at me, and he just kind of goes, we're not going to have money anymore. You're going to need to find money yourself. And wow that moment like didn't make sense to me cuz i didn't realize or ever connect that he hustled super hard to give us that lifestyle yeah. and that money money was simply just a tool to go get what you wanted done done it, it for me and for my family it was never a symbol of status whatsoever it was simply a tool to create better experiences for the fam yeah, give and freedom. Lower, yeah lower the stress levels right and i didn't realize that until it was taken away and the stress level shot through the roof I started seeing like the kind of the realities of what most people deal with on a financial reality. And it, it built into me this hustle to be like, well, F that, like, I don't know if we can cuss on this. Do whatever but, you all want. Right. So I was, I was from that moment determined to be the guy that figured it back out right. to get that money back up wow. as a tool to get us back to the fun 12. Yeah, like young. So started hustling, uh, mowing lawns, etc. Uh, then started working at an ice cream shop to a smoothie shop to um, just stayed hustling, trying to get money because I didn't want to be the dude that couldn't get the shoes I wanted or couldn't put the lift kit on my truck when I turned 16 (laughs) or whatever. Um, Started an off-road club in high school that was called Unauthorized. Shout out to the UNA boys. (laughs) We had about 100 trucks running around the city where I grew up, Simi Valley, and decided to turn that club into... Um, uh, try to do merch. So we started to build print shirts, unauthorized off road. And, uh, it started going pretty well. We made some money. My boy Corey Reed kind of co-founded it with me. Shout out to Corey Reed. Um, and, uh, we went on to kind of make, I'd, I don't know, probably 30, 40 grand wow. throughout high school, like selling shirts and hoodies. And, and, uh, I started realizing my affinity for creating, a uniform for a hobby or a community that I was passionate about. And it clicked for me pretty young that the apparel space was a hell of a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I also grew up snowboarding. So Volcom was like, Oh my God, if I could be like the guy yeah. that started Volcom or, um, Olakai or, uh, Nixon watches, spy sunglasses, just all these brands. I kind of, um, had an affinity for growing up. And so, I uh, ended up, I was a competitive soccer player, went to Chico state, Ended up, I was sober my whole young, you know, childhood. Went to Chico, decided to try this red cup full mm. of beer. Got completely out of control for about a year and a half wow. um, at Chico, just partying, and didn't take school serious, didn't take athletics serious, and uh, got in trouble for allegedly running a fake ID ring in college, and had to move home. Oh, hustler, <laughs> <to>, uh, <laughs> <dude. laughs> <laughs> So moved home um, to help kind of cover my legal expenses. was working at a mortgage company pre-2008. Mm-hmm. Um, they were giving loans to everyone, so I made a lot of money fast as a youngster and uh, decided, okay, I, th- I think I've paid off my dues. I want to go back to college now, but rather than getting this kind of more general college education and realize I wasn't super passionate about general education... I wanted to go learn clothing, so I decided to go to the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. Um, attended him in LA, and fortunately for me, there was a guy there that was one of the teachers at the time named Joe Knirschold, who was a co-founder of Hurley with Bob oh, Hurley. Wow. And so imagine, you know, I'm in this 99% all women female school and learning about dresses yeah. for the most part, fashion. And then you pop into this class and he goes, yep. So I co-founded Hurley and I was like, whoop. Yeah. So just zoned in, kind of uh, mentored me a bit throughout my college career there. Was working at that time for Zoomies, yep. the retail yep. chain, to kind of pay my bills while going to school. And it was great experience learning and watching the consumer on the floor do their shopping while learning how to make the clothes at mm-hmm. school. Just a great kind of well-rounded thing. Graduated, um, was lucky enough to land a job at an action sports brand called Split. I don't know if no. you remember Split, but my mentor and boss there was a guy named Jim Watson who now runs um, all the sales for vans. Okay, He's, yeah. He was a beast. He was part of Reef, grew yeah. Reef. And uh, it was really hard on me and taught me a lot in my kind of entry-level position at Split. Um, I started noticing I was, I was starting to make okay money in the industry I was training a little bit of um jujitsu and MMA and I met at a small clinic the guys that started Tap out mm-hmm. while they were on their little van tour. That's right. And uh just was like, Why are, you know how is this not in stores yet? And they're like, Well, that's a plan, dude. And I was like, I know how to do that. And so we punk ass and I kind of hit it off. Wow. Um I was able to be real early on there. Um, and help sell tap out into a lot of the Western U.S. And uh, learn a ton from those guys. Charles Lewis, who was the uh, co-founder with Punk Ass and uh, Skyscrape, the uh, Tim Katz. Charles was just this gnarly visionary dude. Like, it was my first taste of having a really visionary mentor. And he was a believer that you could do anything you set your mind to. That's awesome. He just ingrained that in us at the company. And so I started seeing a hole in the market for um, a premium hat. I was starting to buy nicer shoes, starting to buy nicer denim, um, starting to buy nicer sunglasses, watches, like every accessory you could step your game mm-hmm. up. And I was a huge ball cap guy, but there was like the ceiling. And I had like every new era color of every hat <laughs> you could think of. And uh just said, I bet I was kind of studying Jay-Z, Justin Timberlake at the time, Ashton Kutcher. Mm-hmm. And the Von Dutch had kind of yeah. flared up, yep. and I'd seen what $80 hats could sell if it had the right kind of validation. So, but they were kind of, you know, they weren't anything not special. Not very high right. quality. Right. And uh, I decided, what if you really did make a really, really nice cap that actually felt better, wore better, lasted longer, was made with really good stuff, and you really like, re engineered some of the basic issues in a hat? I bet that same person that invests into every other category. Would likely pay a little bit extra for what's on their face. Absolutely. And uh, decided I was going to do it, started writing the business plan, tap out, sold right around that time. And I had uh, originally met my partner, Corey Roth, co founder of Melon, um, while at Chico State during my kind of party days. But we'd always end up chatting big vision. And he was just always one of the best humans I'd ever met. I realized at an early Um, Early on in our relationship, he was just heart of gold, most integrity of anyone I'd ever met, smart, and uh, just a really uh, strong voice of authority. And so Corey and I kind of offset each other well. He he really analyzes and internalizes, and I really just throttle and go and, like, beg for forgiveness. (laughs) And uh, so anyways, I had shared with him the tap out was exploding. We stayed in touch after college. He had... Had a stint at Ashworth and Callaway selling Kay. on the golf, East Coast, like gear. a lot more polished. Yeah. I'm over here with guys that are punching people <laughs> in the head, and he's at country clubs selling golf clubs. And so he wanted to relocate back to Southern California. Tapout was exploding. I needed help and someone that had experience selling. So Corey came over, helped me. I'm um, at Tapout, and we had a great run there. Shared with him this idea of this premium hat brand called Melon, and he. Kind of turned around to me. We were on this one business trip for Tap Out together. And I shared with him my like one page business plan at the time. And uh, just he turned around and goes, Why aren't we doing this like full time? If someone, if we don't do this, someone's going to do this. And I was like, Bro, let's team up. Let's go. And I will tell you why we hadn't started it or I hadn't started it yet. It's, this is probably a good takeaway for your entrepreneurs that might listen to this was I was doing well enough to not have it hurt bad enough yeah. to go right so like it was just a thought and an idea and i was like inching it forward likely would have never happened if Corey not sure forced me that day and so i would say you hear this buzzword entrepreneur all the time yeah. and i believe it's been abused and bastardized by everybody and yes. that Because you think of a business idea does not make you an entrepreneur. What makes you an entrepreneur is the psycho commitment to jump and win. That's right. Like that's the entrepreneur. It's like you jump out the window and build the plane on the way down. Yes. So anyways, that was kind of where this thing stemmed from. We raised money from friends and family. My parents had nothing after everything crashed out. Corey didn't come from a ton of dough either. And so we had a bunch of our best buddies contribute fives and tens. Like five and ten thousand dollar clips, raised about a hundred grand, including Tom Antonopoulos, Uncle Tom was our first big investor, and then Zach Dials, uh, former yep. NFL yep. lineman, um, and uh, Zach gave us a big chunk of change and believed, and it was almost. It's funny. I think positivity breeds success. Hundred percent. So, as people start to, you're you're telling yourself, I got this, I'm gonna do this, but you're kind of lying to yourself, forcing yourself to believe it. And then once other people say, I believe too, you get a little stronger, yeah. your power boost goes up, you know? So the more belief and confidence that the support system of who you surround yourself with gives back into you kind of allows you to further fuel that. And so kind of what you touched on, we we think alike in that. I think we both make a very concerted effort to constantly be intaking motivational information and inspiration because it's a it's a form of fueling yeah. our own progress. And the
0: mindset's so powerful. Like it a is. simple mindset shift can change so much. So it, you've touched on this a couple of times, mentorship. So mentorship is, has been powerful for you. I, I mean, how do you feel like it is it important for other business owners to have mentors regardless of ego?
1: 100%. Yeah. I I mean you can learn by walking up and touching the hot you know pot yeah. on the on the uh, stove yourself and getting burned or you can learn by having a mentor say hey that's hot over there i wouldn't recommend touching that and i think that's i think it's uh, tom blue or i don't know somebody i've i've seen or heard speak says that the uh, the only way you can really learn is by making the mistake that's yourself right. or hearing the mistake from someone else and what to avoid so i look at mentors as give me as many and as often as i can have because if you know something I don't know, right. Let me get that in my in my lessons without having to experience it the hard way all day. Absolutely, mentorship, big deal. Well, I've I've heard you on
0: other podcasts say that uh, you make it a point to try and like be in a room where you're not the smartest person in the room.
1: Always explain yeah. that, like right Why? now. Oh come on. Um, um, I I just feel like. Uh, And there's a balance to this. I think as a leader, your team needs to know that you are well-educated and good intent, like well-intentioned. And so there needs to be a level of confidence that you can, you know, exude and and ultimately, you know, protect your tribe with and guide your tribe with. But at the same time, um, anybody that thinks that they know better likely needs to be more open minded. And I think, I think, uh, I don't know. The entrepreneur's dream, at least for me, was never to be the guy that works 90 hours a week. That's part of it, absolutely, in the beginning. But what I what I feel like the actual goal is is to surround yourself with people that inspire you, and that's the beauty of owning your own show is you get to pick who's in on the team. And so, if you can pick people smarter that have strengths where you have weaknesses, that can pick up where you you know maybe aren't the best, like that That to me seems like just common sense
0: it's amazing how hard it is though, to be able oh, to delegate man. some of that responsibility when it's it is. it's your baby, it's your rainchild it's, yeah it's live and breathe it so I,
1: I struggle with it every day
0: it's it's it's, it's honestly i I told you this earlier it's been the hardest thing for me as a yeah. as an entrepreneur as a business owner to be able to give responsibility, but it's the only way you're gonna grow is it's is true. building a team that can do things that you can't and do' them better than you
1: I think you I know. also on that note like I think I found myself enjoying the role of coach and enjoying the role of teacher so much so that I had subconsciously initially brought a few people onto the team that that didn't already add value beyond what I knew, but more were students and it made mm. me feel good to be able to teach and yeah, pass on, confidence. you know? Yeah. And so to be confident enough as a leader, to hire someone smarter than you, empower them and, and to your organization, empower them to be the voice of authority. That's That was the hardest thing for yeah. me was to say, am I safe leading this if I bring people smarter than me in here? Or are they going to like, you know, what's it called? Where your your troops go the other yeah, direction, gonna, whatever? Right, yeah, <laughs> like they're going to, I don't know. What, yeah. yeah. And so, so it was a huge um, learning lesson. I, I'd say this partnership with Olakai, we partnered with Olakai, one of my mentor, Dan McInerney's company. He introduced me to the chairman at Olakai, Jim Harris. And, and, uh, I was looking for growth capital infrastructure mm-hmm. help just learning again. And we were, we had a uh, significant growth in Mellon and I knew that it was going to benefit all of us, including the investment, um, kind of the, the, Panel of investors that had given us their money sure. to help us scale to find someone smarter, more equipped. And um, basically, this was all pre election. Like I was looking at just the whole world saying, we're a premium category creator. Nobody did this shit before yeah. us. So if you're going to cut back your spending on anything in a rocky economy, it's probably already category you're not buying right like it was just this thing where i was like i need to partner with someone that gets this category creating premium thing and dan mack and jim harris welcomed Mm -hmm. us so anyways in saying that this partnership here has really enabled and they've kind of empowered me to say brian you're you're the guy Mm -hmm. but you're safe here build this thing dude like we got you put the smartest people you can around you let's go and them kind of giving permission has really helped me realize like well shoot let's go then yeah that's amazing yeah
0: that's so cool so you mentioned the premium category and 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 you are like i I was talking with josh yesterday like i just can't believe this already didn't exist like i can't believe that somebody didn't create
1: for four years while we developed the the hats (laughs) would walk all the trade shows just biting our lips wincing around every corner going somebody's gonna have done it and brought it to the market and we're gonna be a couple hundred grand of friends and family money (laughs) into this (laughs) all of our money and just be like uh really gotta go and yeah so we actually i initially had emailed new era for a good six months in an attempt to contact their kind of management level people to say i want to create a sub brand under new era because i was such a new era fan Mm -hmm. That will be this premium tier, and it's gonna be called Melon. I want to pitch your team on it, etc. And they just never got back to me, so I realized like, well, we're gonna have to figure it yeah. out without them. And it's interesting. I just read a press release yesterday that New Era released their own premium headwear capsule, and I was just going. So you've Man. created you've created a market. Totally, absolutely. And I'm watching all the other prices creep up on ball caps. You used to get a hat for 20 bucks, yeah. then 25, then 30, then 35, now 39, and I'm pretty sure the market's enjoying the reconditioning of the price point. That's right. You
0: know? I mean, but you're, I mean, you're leading a completely new category, which is amazing. So how have you been able – a lot of the businesses that, that we work with that are going to be listening to this are dealing directly with the consumer, and a lot of the research is showing that consumers are more price conscious now oh, than man. ever. They are. How have you been able to, one, create a category that didn't exist – and grow that category, and you know the last few years have been, or you know when you started, it was a down economy. Yeah, it wasn't the wasn't economy great. it is now, and we're still told that it's a price driven economy. So how have you been able to dr- build a luxury, top tier? Like people aren't buying your product that don't have ancillary income, or are they?
1: It's interesting, man. So what I'm about to kind of say to you guys, just what we know. I don't think it's by any means like proven statistically. But what we've learned is that the target's moving right now faster than ever. The way customers are buying, the way people are influenced, the and, and I'm just gonna shoot it straight. I find that the younger customers are buying luxury or premium goods based on hype more than anything. It's by yeah. peer validation. It's because yeah. you can share your purchase and get high fives digitally from That's your right. homies it's a perception. very quickly. And so the way we've been able to grow it has been not particularly around hype, although we do obviously welcome, you know, um, attention on the brand and products, especially from a lot of the high profile people that wear them. But it was just a psycho focus on building a better hat like the product is actually really well thought out and designed to be better, better performing, longer lasting. We use much better materials, different methods of even sewing them together. Every single element in our caps is actually Mm -hmm. looked to be elevated and we hold ourselves to that standard. So the idea is for us, it's in large part customer acquisition challenge because once we can get them once, we do, love to spoil the Mellon family, our oh, customers. Yeah. It's our peeps, like I'm literally, a, we know they keep the lights on. I'm a walking testimony of and, that. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> so so for us, it's not so much, um, what are we doing to keep them engaged, although that's a big focus moving forward. How can we better serve each aspect of our customer's life and the capacity of a hat, you know, whether they're going camping, hiking, snowboarding, wakeboarding, jogging, just wanna look great, feel good out for a night with the wife, whatever. Um, but we're, we're really challenged by customer acquisition in that this new digital age is largely digital ad and conversion-based mm-hmm. metrics. So right. if you think about it, the way you interact with a customer when it's brick and mortar, the old way, you might say, is they discover your product in a reta- retail environment that pre-validates something about your brand. If they find you at Nordstrom, it must be a pretty well-made, right. crafted you know, somewhat successful and large brand. If you're discovering it in Nordstrom, they've quote unquote kind of made it. And so there was this, there was this pre-validated experience where if you're just floating in a digital world, sea of ads, there's nothing validating you other than what you're going to say and what you're going to put in that content. And so how do you want to speak to that initial engagement? It's not like a, with our product, it's expensive, It's premium it's not a low barrier to entry so to speak so if if you're gonna give me um, a better option for a cell phone case real quick and I happen to need a new one and it was a cool little content bit and I wanted to try it sure it's 20 bucks I might give it a shot easy if it's a hundred dollar hat I've never seen anything even half that expensive in a ball cap and you're expecting me to jump into your website and engage with you on that initial handshake, you're out your mind. Like there's only a very slim percentage of humans that can afford to let a hundred bucks go on something they know nothing about truly. So we've kind of taken the approach and and how we are engaging with the new customer acquisition and we're looking to get to know our customers a little bit and then find out How we can offer added value to them in the capacity of a hat so yeah. We have this we believe statement that goes we believe that with more thought time and care Invested into how we build our products that we can actually extend the life of our hats and the adventures We take them on and so And thinking about that, thought, time, and care in how we go about the business is a huge thing to focus on and how we build the hats and how we engage people and how we treat people. And then looking at extending the life of the products, meaning make it really well made and the adventures we take them on. If you're out golfing all day and it's a hot day and your hat doesn't breathe well, doesn't wick moisture, doesn't perform at the level that we hold ourselves to, you might have to call it on the... Fourteenth, yeah. you know. Right. However, this is Louis Vito over here. Let me say what up real quick. Cruise <laughs> in really quick. <laughs> I'm gonna come kick it with you guys in one minute. What's going yeah, on, man? Yeah, yeah. What
0: up, Louis? Nice to meet you.
1: Louis, what good up, to meet yeah. you, my Ohio dude. Ohio against the world. Yeah, yeah, So
0: we're from Ohio, Zanesville. Okay. Zanesville. From
1: outside, yeah, nice. That's so sick. We're uh, gonna knock this out and then come wrap with you guys on yeah, like cool. 15. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice yeah. to meet you, man. Yo, what do you think of the beanie? I gotta know. That's awesome. I've uh i've been, I've been, I haven't tested it enough to where I'm sweating in it yet, but I'll, that's what I'm getting to. good I leave on Saturday for Switzerland, and then that's where I'll get my sweat on. All it's right, awesome, all, all right, right. <laughs> good deal. <laughs> I'll be down in like 15. Yeah, cool. that's all right, so guys, cool. yeah, yeah. Um, so, so where were we at? for Forget where we
0: were. We're talking about take time. Oh yeah, so, so uh head.
1: in that we believe statement. So, um. And how we extend those adventures was really kind of like a big like uh fill in the blank on what that adventure you're trying to serve or extend really is and so for my partner corey he loves to travel cities he loves to go explore restaurants ballparks you know like it's more like your metropolitan exploration and I'm more like the outdoor guy. Like I want to get lost with limited shit and try yeah. to survive. <laughs> and like, so there's a very different approach to just what an exploration might look like or an adventure might look like. So it's been fun to identify something we want to build a better hat for mm-hmm. and then go after. And then with Cameron, our head of marketing and through the ambassadors we engage with, really hold ourselves to truly delivering a better hat for that, Louis Vita. X Games medalist yep. snowboarder total beanie guy when i met him just thought like us loves like surrounding himself with high quality people high performers fit beast like was in the spn the body issue like just a monster and he lives in utah and he's in the snow in a beanie all the time so when he says yo the beanies are legit that's a huge thing yeah. if he says yo the beanies need to do this better or that better we're going to immediately take the feedback and go make it better And where I feel like a lot of brands create a product because they know it's like kind of, what do you call it? Not consumable, uh, disposable. Yeah. And it's going to last a little bit and then you'll come buy another one. And we just, we believe in having less things, but having better things.
0: That's so cool. And I want to touch on that because you can defend a price very easily by the quality of, of what you're creating. So when a... You, you're so hands-on with the customer, mm-hmm. which is really cool because a lot of the businesses that we're engaging with the product that they're selling is coming from a company that is listening more to that business owner and not engaging with the consumer. And so the consumer isn't getting the product necessarily that they want because it's filtered through multiple yeah. levels before it ever have a conversation. Truth. Oh, so man, we deal with how that. important and and how are you how important is it to be able to 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 get that feedback from a customer and then how how are you guys doing that?
1: It's truthfully, it's a huge challenge. I don't think we do it great at all. In fact, I'd say every other day, there's something that gets elevated to me from somebody that didn't have their mind blown by us. That's and Wait, time
0: out because yeah. I bought two caps. Okay. Two, three years ago, Okay, two caps. I got a call from, from somebody Im- immediately as to, Hey, you've bought a couple caps. What do you like? How'd you find out about us? How would you make the hat better? Awesome. So I don't, I don't, Buy that is okay. not doing a good job. No, okay. But so, then you hit me on Insta, yep. and Corey hits me on Insta. Yep. For I mean, I'm just a dude in there's Ohio a, that there's bought a two difference. hats.
1: When you buy a product from us, we of course are thankful and of course want to know what your experience was like. But when you've bought five, there's like a red flag of like, something we're doing is speaking to this person. Yeah. And when we see that person and go look up that person, being you in that in that case, we like what that person's about. So so we connected the dots somehow correctly to reach somebody we cared to reach and we're happy that we reached. So we want to know as much as possible sure. in that scenario. However, um, since our partnership with um, the Olakai group, we became part of a much bigger ship and the touch points became much more hands off, which mm. we're actually like digging our heels in now and going back to the roots of Melon, which included a ton more consumer touch point. Yeah, and okay, that I, makes sense. From the gate, we called it Ritz Carlton customer service. I don't care if the customer asks you to send them ten hats; you send them the ten hats because you want them to laugh at how absolutely fucking ridiculous yeah. your customer service is Wait. and tell their friends. You have no idea how like how they're going to stay in business if they will send me 10 hats cuz I'm mad about something about one of my hats. However, you likely will tell 10 friends right. who will all buy one. That's right. And Maybe it will actually break even for us. Dude, you. it's
0: it's so cool. I mean, it's. I think you know social media and has changed the retail game. Oh man, like just everybody's got to be on
1: their a game. You get That's called right. out when and you're ac-
0: you're accessible more now. It's true. That, like everyone expects a direct response if they're going to hit you on Insta or they're going to hit Corey or they're going to yeah. hit JJ. Like they expect a response. I think what what really drew me in was one the hat was going to stand out it it is fundamentally different than any other hat on the market and i was never a hat guy because as result Ooh, we saw that today, means a lot then. i wasn't i was never a hat yeah. guy because i have a weird shaped head like it just hats never fit fit great and everybody's got a weird shaped head i don't remember how uh, i think it was one of your influencers posted something on insta that i follow i saw it i go to the website my wife's like you know what i mean it fits your brand everything awesome. you do is quality I'm like, yeah, but a couple hundred bucks on a hat, and I'm not a hat guy. Do it. If you hate it, then we don't buy more. And we'll take it back. So I get the first one. I like it. I show my father-in-law across the street, who's at that time like 56. Okay. He's like, that is a dope hat. Like, I don't know if I could rock a flat bill, but I'm gonna try it. He orders the hat. And then so we're we're too deep. And then I order another one because I got a comment on the first one. You hit me on Insta. I get a phone call. I get a fifty percent off coupon. Like, hey, thanks. We really appreciate you. Yeah. This new line's coming out. Like, you're one of lo- our VIPs now. Yeah. Yep. It's. It. I mean. It, it. has been an unbelievable. Like, you know how many Jordans I bought this year that no one from Jordan is reaching out to me. Like, <laughs> every time I'm in a Nike draw and get lucky, like it just.
1: And they're just barely bigger than us. It's yeah, just barely <laughs> bigger. But I, it's it. it
0: to me, it, is, it, it encompasses what I love about business, about customer service, about entrepreneurship. Awesome. It's having a dream and then being able to know that that dream is only going to be successful because of the people that buy the product.
1: That's what everyone needs to be reminded of, bro. And like, it doesn't matter what business it is. That's what everyone needs to be reminded of is that it doesn't matter how you feel about it, how your friends feel about it, how your employees feel about it. If the customer doesn't walk away just enthralled you're not winning. It's crazy. Like you're not winning unless you remember that that person matters more than anything else. And to me, you know, in starting a brand, I was that person. Volcom made me feel good. Nixon made me feel good. Like Vans makes me feel good. And so for me, the objective was always, I want to make people feel how those brands made me feel times five. Yeah. And just randomly we were born into an era of, this new digital interactive society where everything got hyper fast. The touch points got real, real quick. And the mentality that we started with happened to be a good one, given the nature of how the business yeah. world was moving. So
0: it's, it's, you have to be, you're on a hundred 100% of the time that's there's, it, there's no chance to be off
1: my wife trips on like Black Friday you know that's <laughs> the morning after Thanksgiving yeah. and the family is like all in town whatever you got relative sleeping over and I'm up at like 3 a.m. looking at analytics making sure we don't go down making sure <laughs> right? inventory isn't missed it's a big day and it's like she's like what's the only cool thing I would say that not the only but like one of the coolest things in In kind of the calendar year of you know whatever is Christmas time, fortunately, UPS like and FedEx and the, the logistics companies throw their hands up like four days before Christmas. Like we can't promise you we're going to get these things oh, to your boy. customers yeah. by Christmas if you ship. so you almost as a brand get to catch your breath with the family three days leading up to Christmas and then kind of through the new year, because cool. like you've now shipped as much as you can mm-hmm. and given as many Christmas presents to people as you right. possibly can. And you get to take four to six days with the fam while everyone opens their hats under the trees yep. and hopes that they, yeah, you know, and you hope that everyone's stoked. And then you so. can
0: just scroll instant and see all the happy customers. That's, a, that's one of my favorite pictures. things to do. That's so cool. All yeah. right, so we could talk shop yep. all, all day. So let's, let's go. A couple more things real quick. Um, You mentioned family. How has having a son influenced you as a business leader?
1: Oh, man. Powerful question. I would say my reason for starting the company has definitely evolved based on who I want to be remembered as Mm -hmm. and what I did. I don't want to be remembered as the dude that created expensive hats. I don't want my son to grow up around. That's cool. When someone says, "What does your dad do?" He'll go, "Oh yeah, he made made Melon these expensive hats at all." So, what I do want him to grow up around when he gets asked that is, "What does your dad do?" He owns Melon, which gives back to these four to six to ten, to, depending on how many cool. you know charities and uh, cool. you know governmental kind of. Um, we're, we're huge, 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 huge on how can we leave the world better than we found it. And I'm talking in our four segments of who we build hats for, like we talked about earlier offline, but performance best in the world, performance hats in the springtime. And then we're now actively starting to work with, and maybe potentially going to start our own give back kind of, um, um charities mm-hmm. that speak to that world so to end childhood diabetes, right? Sure. Like if we can inspire more people and give kids more tools to get in better shape, eat right, live right, et cetera. And that plays into, you know, where we're going anyway. I want my kid to get asked, what does your dad do? And have him Speak on That's what we've cool, cool. done for yeah. people, not what we Nothing you know, about sell. hats. That's, yeah. That
0: is so cool. So
1: it totally changed the way I live, think, et cetera. It also, this to all you entrepreneurs that don't have kids yet, and if you do, God bless you, because you, you know how hard it is balancing <laughs> it. But like your business is your baby until you have a baby. That's right. And then you're like business becomes this thing you care immensely about, but your actual baby your actual you know kid becomes this major focus and priority of your time and energy and so I'd, I was in this kind of mix-up spot for a good six months to a year trying to find that balance and I still don't have it all the way dialed in but I I'd say I listened to the dad edge podcast okay. by a dude named Larry Hagner is I highly recommend it shout out to Larry and he talks a lot about the entrepreneurial mind and then being a dad. And it started as the the uh, Good Dad Project. That's yeah, yeah. called the Dad yeah. Edge Podcast. Okay. So I take a lot of lessons from that balance from there, but I'm still trying to learn it. You, know, you learn from any entrepreneur you can, mm-hmm. but then the ones that are parents, you pay particularly right. close cancers.
0: attention. I, I, and I think from as much as i've tried to balance it and entrepreneurs i fall i don't think that there is a perfect work-life balance i don't either i feel like as an entrepreneur the best you can do is a hundred percent when you're in the office you're given everything yeah. and then when it comes to family you're given for that for that moment up. you've got to be a hundred percent all in i mean there and there's a lot of people that are that are uh think they figured out work, work-life balance but you know, they may be home on their phone for four hours. No, oh,
1: have them call me. I want the that's, advice, dude. That's, like, not, that's not it. I've tried, know? like, uh, you know, I put my phone on the charger in a spot where it's out of sight, out, out of mind yeah. for an hour when I get home, and then there'll be repercussions that evening after that's I right. put the little guy down where I missed confirming something for someone <laughs> because of it. They'll. I've tried the... Um, I've tried the take the family on vacation, but I find that no matter where I go in the world, there's a store there that I want to talk to about Melon. And so I'll end up like, it's just part of it, man. Yeah, It's just like, I'd say there's a beauty to it in that if you can find something you love to do, that you can interweave into your passions of, you know, call it outside work Mm -hmm. passions that you've you've won. And I think we're very fortunate in that with what we do, we get to involve Melon in nearly all of our passions, if That's if cool. not all of them. Yeah. So like when Louis Vito and I go snowboard to test our beanies, like it's not a bad life.
0: That's right. And that it, is very cool. This is
1: something I wanted to bring up to you, in that I know you obviously disrupt is growing and growing, and you started in this you know funeral business. Yeah. I think, and this is something that I, I think maybe backing out sometimes is important for business owners. I think that you are just touching the iceberg of a massive media company that spreads far beyond what your current Thank endemic you. market is and not to say it's not a great market it's obviously unique and it's it's definitely a great business but i just look at it like funeral i immediately think sad Mm-hmm. You're the opposite of that. <laughs> and like, I just see like legs to where this will go. So I think it'll be fun to look back at this podcast when you have this thousand employee mega media company and be like, dude, we, let's go pull that up when I just had <laughs> the funeral biz podcast. I and, appreciate that, man. You know. That
0: means a lot. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah thank you. For sure. All right. I'm going to wrap this up. You and I are both big mindset guys. Um, there's a bookcase in the center part of your team's office. Yep. What is the most powerful book that you've read that influenced you?
1: That's a, such a hard question, but it's, a, it's an easy one at the same time. And actually Ryan Sheckler, one of my partners, recently came in and, and he's staring at the bookcase. He goes, which one should I read, dude? Because he's big on personal growth as well. And I grabbed him Think and Grow Rich mm-hmm. from Napoleon Hill. Yep. And I, it's, it's a book that my boy Dave Ridgeway, who is – mega sales rep in the industry has helped build brands like spy stance um herschel etc but dave handed me think and grow rich when i was really just getting started and i've referenced it over and over again it's a it's the epitome of a mindset book right and uh i would say if you have not read think and grow rich you better get after it that's cool yep
0: all right brian thank you so much man thank you bro thank you for having me let's
1: get it